All right. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians for the next three months. April, the rest of April, May, and June, and uh, we're going to walk through the book of Ephesians. We took some time uh, a little while ago, and we looked through a letter that, uh, that John wrote, and uh, we enjoyed walking through First and Second John, and we, we spent some time looking at a letter that Peter wrote. We looked at First and Second Peter, and now we're going to look at a letter from Paul, and uh, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians, uh, really a, a letter from a letter from Paul. And uh, this, is, this is my favorite book, uh, favorite letter that we find in Scripture. And I think the reason that it's my favorite one is just because the first three chapters of this book really talks about who we are in Jesus. And, and uh, I think it's important for us to fully, completely try to grasp as best that we can who we truly are in Jesus. Because it's not until we know who we are in Jesus that we can really kind of live that out. And so to me, when you look at Ephesians, the first half of the book is all about who we are in Jesus. And when we get to that point, and then we get to the second half of the book. And it's where now that you know who you are in Jesus, this is what it looks like to live out. For Jesus. And so, so who you are and now how we live uh, as followers of Jesus. As who we are as Christians and now how we live as Christians. And I like that because I'm a real rubber meets the road kind of guy. Uh, I'm like, okay, now that I got this, what do I do with it? And that's just, that's the way that I am. So that's probably why I enjoy this book so much because I feel like that we get that. We understand this is who you are in Jesus and now this is how you go live as a follower of Jesus. And so uh, I really enjoy this book. It's, it's, it's my favorite one. Uh, I want to encourage this, just like the other ones, I said this is a letter that Paul wrote. And uh, when we receive a letter, what do we do with it? We read it. We read the first paragraph and put it down and come back to the second paragraph tomorrow, right? No, we read it all the way through. And so I want to encourage you as we're walking through this over the next few months to read the letter to the Ephesians at least once a week. Okay, I'm not going to tell you to read it every day. I mean, some of you can, but um, at least once a week. Take time and just read it all the way through. Uh, I, I did that this week a few different times. Took me about 20, 22 minutes. When I, when I would listen to it, the guy that would read it to me, he could do it in 20. So I guess I'm a little bit slower. Or some of you were like, I could do it in 15. You know, uh, your wife probably said, well, I could do it in 14. Um, some couples can be that way. Just, you know, not that I know one that's that way at all. Um, we're not competitive. Um, but please take time to read it. It doesn't take maybe 20 minutes, 25 at the most, to read all the way through. And uh, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. Uh, there is so much in this book, and we are not even going to, we're going to spend you know, basically six hours walking through this over the course of the next three months, but we're not even going to get close to how deep this thing goes and even today what we're going to look at. And so that's why I encourage you to read it on your own and to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you because he's going to show you things that we may not hit him in here, uh, but it's a letter and it's meant to be read in its entirety. So I want to encourage you to do that. So just a little bit of background. Uh, this is written to, well, as we read here, it says to the church in Ephesus. Um, it's it's uh, kind of the church of Ephesus was founded right around uh, 
AD 53, when Paul was traveling through, returning home to Jerusalem, he went through Ephesus and the church was started there. Uh, he was very close to the church there and spent a lot of times with the elders there and, and things of that nature. Paul wrote this in around 60 AD while he was in prison uh, in Rome. And uh, it, it's said that the early manuscripts don't necessarily say that it was to the church in Ephesus, but it is believed that it was sent to them first, that they were the first ones to receive it. And then from there, it was circulated uh, out to the churches and into the areas around. And God has withheld it or kept it alive and kept it strong and it's been put in our scriptures. And now we have this as an opportunity to look through this. So uh, if we could imagine if we were the church at Ephesus receiving this letter from Paul, um, the churches, they, were, they had that very close relationship. And so this is something that they would have valued, would have treasured. This would have been from a friend. This would have been from their, in, in a lot of their minds, probably their spiritual father. And so this is a letter that they would have really cherished and held on to. And I hope that as we take time to walk through this, that we can kind of have that same attitude towards this. Uh, that this is, this is something that, that God has given us and blessed us with. And we want to uh, honor that and cherish this and, and just soak in as much of it as we can. So, uh, again, Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to read the first 14 verses of this, and uh, ask you to stand in honor of reading God's word, and then we'll, we'll dive in. So, Ephesians 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ." In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Father, we thank you that you have preserved this letter for us to read today. And as we spend time, I pray that your spirit will reveal your truth to us so that we can be more like you, so that we can share the great news of Jesus with this world. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right. So as we read through that, what, what stood out to you? What stood out to you? 
Audience, audience participation. Blessing. Okay. What else? The will of God. Okay. Adoption. Good. Anything else? Purpose. Promise Holy Spirit. I heard someone whisper predestination. Yeah. Today we're going to solve the whole predestination will of man thing. We're going to walk out of here. It's going to be done and taken care of. No, we're not going to touch that. We're not going to touch that. That's dinner time talk. Um, this is what stood out to me. Uh, what stood out to me was all of the ends that we find and see in this section. We see in Christ, we see in Christ four times. We see in him six times. We see uh, in love, we see in the beloved. And so we're gonna walk through and look at really 12 different ends that are here in scripture today. So I've got 20 minutes to do 12 points. I told you there's so much here. <laughs> there's so much in this. Um, who thinks I can do it? Not, not one, yes. I, it's like silence. I, I didn't want to look up. They're like, yeah, there's no way. We're going to be here till 2 o'clock. Um, verse 1. Verse 1. In Christ. Verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Uh, I would encourage you, if you make marks in your Bible, to circle all, each of these ends uh, because they just stand out to me as such great things about our identity in Christ. The first one is in Christ faithful. Uh, these are folks. How did they hear this letter back then? How did they hear it? It was read where? Out loud when they gathered together. They couldn't post it on Ephesus Life. Facebook page and put it out there. Um, they didn't have, you know, a, a web address to do that. Uh, they gathered together as the church and it was read to them. And, and I believe Paul being, being their spiritual father is saying, hey, you guys are continuing to do this. You're continuing to walk in Jesus. You're continuing to gather together. You are being faithful in your relationship with Jesus. You are being faithful. You are continuing to gather together. You're hearing this letter. And so he's addressing them. You are the faithful in Christ. It's not because of them. It's because of Jesus. We are here this morning well, I hope because we like each other, right? But why mainly? Because of Jesus. We, we sang these last two songs, uh, Jesus Only Jesus and then Holy Spirit, two of my favorite, two of my favorite worship songs. Uh, I, I love the songs. But we are here because of Jesus, and we are gathering together, one, to worship him, to focus on him, but also to encourage each other, and I hope spur each other on towards good deeds, that's what scripture tells us to do. And so here are these guys, they're gathered together to hear this letter and he's calling them faithful. It's important for us to gather together. Now we've been through a lot in the past year, haven't we? We've been scattered, we've been home, we've been in different places and we're beginning to see us to regather now and I hope this continues. I hope this continues. But just as Paul said, the faithful for those that were coming together to hear this, it's good for us to come together. It's good for us to show our faithfulness in Christ through that. The second one there is in verse 3. 
It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What do we receive as those in Christ? Mumble, mumble, mumble. Every spiritual blessing. Half of the spiritual blessings. Right? A quarter of the spiritual blessings. Every, who said that? Thank you. Every spiritual blessing, every one. What are those? Well, I mean, you get the fruits of the Spirit. We've got the gifts of the Spirit. We've got Jesus is our Savior, salvation. Jesus is our sanctifier. There we go. Thank you. Who said that? That's a blessing. What, is, what else? Jesus is our healer. He's our coming king. I think all of those are part of our spiritual blessings. We wake up every day and say, Jesus, thank you for my salvation. Jesus, thank you that you're my healer. Thank you that in the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit is in me, and he reveals his characteristics through the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you that those things come out. I believe those are the spiritual blessings that God has for us. That we get to walk in his fruit. That we get to walk in the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. We receive, we are blessed with Every spiritual blessing. Who wants every spiritual blessing? Man, I want every one of them. I want every one of them. Because I know who the old Brian was. Some of you do too. And I don't want that. I want to be like Jesus. In all the ways I can. And, and oh, don't, I, don't, you, don't, don't you realize, don't you feel when you get in those moments when you realize, oh, I am being me right now. I am being all me right now. Don't, doesn't it just feel just yucky? That's a theological word right there, yucky. I, I know when I'm in that moment where I'm being all me, man, I just feel so bad. And I know that because God has given me every spiritual blessing. And so I know the difference of walking in those spiritual blessings and walking in my own strength. And man, it's so much better to be walking in those spiritual blessings. But that's what we're given. If we're followers of him in Christ, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Verse 4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Okay, so what's he going to talk? Is he going to talk about before the creation of the world? Um, maybe, but how about holy and blameless in his sight? We are, we are chosen in him to be blameless, holy and blameless. We are holy and blameless. If you know Jesus, you are holy and blameless. Do we truly believe that? When we ask Jesus to be our Savior, we are 100% forgiven. Everything from the past to everything in the future. I say this because in our identity, I don't know that we truly, totally get this. We might get this, but I don't know that we get this. And the reason why I say I don't think that we get this is because the way that we live our lives and act a lot of the times doesn't show that we truly get this. Because when we mess up, what do we often do? We shrink back. We hold back. We, we, we are ashamed. We feel so bad. How in the world can God use this sinner? Well, if you only knew what I did, then I couldn't do that. I can't have those blessings. I can't, I can't serve that way. I, I, I'm, just, I, I can't because I, I'm, I, there's sin. 
we're forgiven. We're forgiven. And we need to walk like we're forgiven. We are holy and blameless. Not because of anything we've done, but because Jesus is holy and blameless. And he has, we we just celebrated this last week. He has taken all of that on for for us. We are no longer walking sin. When When God looks at us, when the Father sees us because of the Holy Spirit, because of what Jesus does, he sees holy and blameless. And now he wants us to walk and live in that. No longer held back by our sin. Now, does that mean we, we, we might still have to come and repent? We might still have to say, I messed up here, Father. Forgive me. Help me out of this. I repent. I know I did wrong. Thank you for your forgiveness. I messed up. We might have to do that. But quit stopping and thinking and feeling like you're marked all up again. You're not. You're holy. You're blameless. Because of Jesus. We have to live that way. I sinned. I messed up. Father, thank you for your forgiveness. I repent from the sin. Help me to walk holy and blameless. And keep going. Verse 5, in love. It starts there at the end of verse 4. It says, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In love he adopted us. We are his children. We are his children. When when you look at kids, sometimes I'll meet kids, even adult kids. I'll meet adult children and then I'll meet their parents. And you're like, oh yeah. (laughs) Yep, father, son. You can see it. You ever, you ever seen anyone like that? Are you one of those? Um, or do you have kids that look like you? Uh, I have a, 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 one of my youth that I had. I still call him one of my youth. He's 31 now, 32. He's one of my youth from my church in North Carolina. Um, just had a little girl. Man, I saw pictures the other day. I'm like, man, it looks just like him. Poor little girl. Um, looks just like him. Wait, he might hear this. No, he's not going to listen to this. Um, but you see that. Kids look like their parents, right? When we're adopted by God, we're adopted. We are now sons and daughters. We should look like our father. We should look like we are adopted. We are his children. We are his children. We are his children. He loves us. In love, we are adopted. In love, because he loves us. He loves us. He loves us because we're such good people, right? (laughs) No. He loves us because we do our best for him, right? He loves us because we walk holy and blameless, right? He loves us just as much as when we are walking holy and blameless as when we are in the middle of our sin. He loves us just as much. His love never changes. Whether we're walking holy and blameless or whether we're walking in sin, he loves us just the same because his love is what? It's unconditional. We are his children. I've shared this story. I'm going to share it again. I was taking Isabel to school one day. Some of you go, like, I know the story. Good. Some of you, not everyone does. I was taking my daughter to school one day. She was elementary school, third grade. We lived in Montana. Back in Montana, you can just take your kids and drop them off anywhere. You didn't have to wait in this 45-minute line that snaked around, and then eventually you could drop them off and then get out of there. Uh, you just pull up to the corner, and they could get out and go to school. They could walk to school. They could ride their bikes to school. It's nice. But I took her to school. I pulled up to the corner, four-way stop, four-way, and there was the crosswalk there, and she gets out of the passenger 
passenger door and heads across the crosswalk. And as she's going across the crosswalk, she's just walking. She wasn't, there's no skill involved going across this crosswalk. She, she didn't even have to stop and think about how to go across. She just walked across. The, and somewhere in the middle of that crosswalk, I just looked and said, that's my daughter. And I was overwhelmed with my love for my daughter. She wasn't doing it. She wasn't doing gymnastics through the crosswalk. She wasn't doing any skill. She wasn't helping old lady across the cross. She was just walking across the cross. She was doing nothing. And I was overwhelmed with my love for her. And as soon as that happened, God said, that's how I feel about you. That's how I feel about you. I'm overwhelmed with you, and I love you that much, even when you're just crossing the crosswalk, especially when you're just crossing the crosswalk. Not, not when you're up here teaching, not when you're out there praying with someone, not when you're calling someone, not when, just, just when you're living life and just doing what needs to be done. I'm overwhelmed with my love for you. That's what it means to be a child of God. Is he's overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed with how much he loves us. Because we're his. Because he created us. Because he knows us better than anyone else. We're his children. In love, he adopted us. Do you understand? <laughs> I don't understand it. But do you accept his love? Exactly as you are. Exactly who you are. Because it's exactly how he made you. Every moment. Every spiritual blessing. In love, he adopted us as son. Verse 5. I'm not halfway through. How much time do we have? Verse 6. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In, in the one he loves, in the beloved, we are blessed with his grace. We are blessed with his grace. What's grace? Someone out loud. What is grace? Favor. Automatic favor. What was the one? Say it again. God's riches at Christ's expense. Anything we've done? Nothing we've done. In spite of what we've done, God gives us his love. God gives us his forgiveness. God gives us those things. We have grace. How good are, how good are we at sharing grace? Verse 7. Verse 7. In him... We have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins. In him we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Our sins are forgiven. Remember the whole holy and blameless? Our sins are forgiven. I've used this before. Imagine our life is a whiteboard. And when we're born, it's, it's white because we haven't done anything yet. But as we sin, that whiteboard begins to get marks on it representing our sin. I think it took me six months and mine was completely black. Yes, yeah, so I was six months old. I was inherently evil, right? I want, all I cared about was me. I didn't care about anyone else in the house. I cared about me. When I was hungry, I cried. I wanted food, okay? Our sin just overwhelms us, and that gets marked up, marked up. It didn't take long for that thing to be completely marked, completely black. But when I accepted Jesus in my life, that whiteboard got completely white clean, completely wiped clean, never to be marked again. If you were going to make a mark on it because I sinned, there would have been no mark. 
that Mark would have automatically gone on for Jesus because I've accepted him. Does this give me license to sin? No. Paul is clear about that in Romans. Does it mean I have to say I'm sorry? Yes, I do have to say I'm sorry. But I'm not, I'm no longer the consequences for that sin. Eternal consequences aren't there. They're taken over by Jesus. Now, it affects me. It may cause life to be hard. But Jesus takes that and the eternal consequences are gone. They're not there. We are forgiven. Verse 9. In Christ, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. We understand what salvation is. We understand who God is. We have people out there right now say they blame God for everything because they don't understand that the reason everything is the way that it is is because of sin. Why do we have this virus? Because of sin. Why, is, why does evil seem to prevail in the world? Because of sin. Not any other reason. If we understand who we are in Christ, we understand those things. The mysteries have been made known to us. Without our knowledge of Jesus, without our identity, we don't understand those things, so we're out there in the world right now lost, and we say, why is this happening? And we blame God from everything. We know we don't blame God. Why? Because we know, we've, the mystery's been revealed to us, that it's sin that's caused all of these things. We know more because of our relationship with Jesus, because we are in him. There is a whole world out there that doesn't know or understand any of that. They don't understand that this, the world is the way it is, is because of sin. They don't understand that God loves them and wants to forgive and cover up that sin, take care of that sin. They don't understand. We were blessed enough for someone to have told us. Who are we going to bless and tell? Who are we going to help for them to understand the mystery of God's will? Verse 8, in him there is unity. With all wisdom and understanding. I'm sorry, verse 10, number 8. To put into effect then the times reached for their fulfillment. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. We have unity. How? Not among ourselves. Not through our own strength. Not through what we do. We have unity under Christ. That's the only way we can be unified. That's the only way. But that's what God wants us to do. And eventually, we know Christ is our coming king, that everything will be made unified in him. Verse 11 says, We have an inheritance. In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. We have an inheritance. Who wants an inheritance? From Jesus. I mean, if you've ever received an inheritance on this world, in this earth, in this lifetime, that's usually a good thing. Imagine an inheritance from Jesus. Who'll take that? I'll take that. That's who we are in Christ. We have that inheritance. In Christ, we have hope for his glory. Verse 12, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ... That we might be for the praise of his glory. We have hope for his glory. We know that he's coming back. We know that he's establishing his kingdom. We know that that's going to happen. And we have that hope. That's part of that whole revealing the mystery. 
In him we've believed, 11. In him, verse Verse 13, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. We were in Christ. We heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. That's, that's both 11 and 12 here uh, in verse 13. We were believed. The truth was revealed to us. The mystery was revealed to us. As his children, we understand that mystery. We know that, and we know the truth. But then also we're given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and reveals and gives us truth. That is, that's a lot of things right there that I've just said. I want to read all of this. In Christ, we are or we have. One, we are faithful. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are holy and blameless. We are his children. We are granted grace. We are given redemption. We are forgiven. We know the mystery. We are united. We have an inheritance. And we have hope in his glory. And we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. I got one little amen from all of that. This is who we are in Jesus. And I will tell you, most Christians don't walk out there this way. We just, we don't. And we should. I mean, when I lead this, when I read this, I get excited. I, I should just be like, I'm ready to conquer the world for Jesus. I want others to have this, all of these things. I, can, I don't want to hold this to myself. We shouldn't be holding this to ourselves. I think the biggest thing that's standing out to me in all of this this morning is the reality of that mystery. We know the mystery. We understand why the world is the way that it is. We don't have to ask God, why is this happening? It's happening because of sin. The world doesn't know, they're lost. It just, it takes me to Jesus at the cross and he says, forgive them for they, not, they don't know what they're doing. The next time we wonder why people respond the way they do to this happening, that happening, this law, that law, this political, that political, why do they act this way? They don't know. And maybe we've known for too long. That it's just become what we know and not what we're excited about. And so that passion and that fire to tell is gone. Or instead we shake our heads and say, what are, what are they doing? And we forget that they don't know because we've known for so long. I don't know, my, my hope in all of this, my hope in all of this is that we will be just re-excited, that we will be rekindled, that we will be just made more passionate to recognize that as we abide in Christ, he is abiding in us, and we are these creatures that have every spiritual blessing, that we are loved, that we are forgiven, and that we live and act that way. Because if we are all those things and there's a world out there that doesn't know, we would want to go tell them. I'm going I'm to ask the music team to come and we're going to close in a song. And I just, as we're closing in this song, I want you to think about, one, are you truly in Christ? Do you tr truly know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Not just have you prayed a prayer, but do you know him as your Lord and Savior?
And then two, are you living your life abiding in him? Recognizing that these are all the things that we are in him. And then acting that way. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray for us. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, then please don't leave here today without talking to him. If you say, I don't know that I've been abiding in him. Well, we want to help you abide in him. And I'd love to talk to you. Our elders would love to pray with you. We'll, our, some of our elders are out in the prayer room. You can go see them there. Or if you need to come up here or even where you're at, sit down and pray. Please do it. Father, we love you. And we thank you for all of these things that we are because of Jesus. We are all these things because of Jesus. Father, help us to walk in this. Help us to live this out for your praise and glory. Thank you, Jesus.